0: Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round three recap for this week's Val Spar Championship. Joining me to break it all down, it's him, Greg Ducharme. Hello, sir.
1: What's going on, Rick? Um, quite a week we have going on here. Uh, we have just about as... Go to leaderboard, as you could imagine. We have some interesting storylines taking place right now and uh, some exciting names all in the midst of March Madness.
0: Yes, we're having our own March Madness here at the Valspar. Before we jump into that, Greg, did you know this is day three of 11 consecutive days of the First Cup podcast?
1: 11 in a row. You know, I didn't uh, see that stat posted anywhere. But I was thinking about it the other day. Um, we're going with, a this is one of two, only two Wednesday episodes available, right? Because you have round one of the match play coming Wednesday, which is, I think, one of the best first early week, like pre-cut events on the PGA Tour. I love the first couple of rounds of match play. Sometimes the weekend can slow down a little bit. Right? So I don't think it's one of the best tournaments we have during the year. But I think that early part of the week, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes Friday, is some of the best we have on tour.
0: Well, three out of 11, so a lot more in store coming up in the next week plus. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel, get your podcasts wherever you download your pods. And Greg, before we kind of go through the notables here, this leaderboard, let me just zoom out a little bit. 14, pardon 15 golfers within four shots of the lead led by Adam Shank, but this thing is seemingly wide open.
1: Yes, Uh, and and look, we saw this all day today. You go out and post a a bogey free round like Pat and Kazire did early in the day. You go shoot four under early. And the lead isn't moving a whole lot. We're not in one of those situations where having holes to play is necessarily a good thing. Of course, it can be. But scoring is rather difficult. Those greens, I mean, we didn't get any rain today. We were expecting to get rain today. And I was kind of looking at Thursday and Friday with those greens getting really brown. And I was, okay, they're expecting heavy rainfall for Saturday. Uh, and and that's kind of going to get this place a little greener. So I understood that setup, but we didn't get any of it today. Uh, so those greens are getting very crusty. They're very firm. It's difficult to get the ball to stop, especially if you're coming out of the rough. Uh, it's presenting a, a big time challenge for the players. I mean, you, those the greens regulation numbers are extremely low this week, which is a, a cool thing to see. You got to put the ball in play off the tee. So you can control your distances into these greens.
0: Well, you already mentioned him, so let's talk about him. Patton Kazire goes out early in a 4-under-67 bogey free. Greg, this has not necessarily been the start to 2023 that Patton Kazire probably would have liked. His best finish was a a T11 at the American Express. Outside of that, it's a lot of missed cuts, a T65 at the players, but trying to take advantage of that one good week, that 80-20 rule that we kind of talk about every so often.
1: That's right. Um, and again, it's, it's important to note that this year, when, when you look at the FedEx Cup, you got to get inside the top 70. So, this is an extremely important year. And these events are extremely important for a guy like a Pat and Kazire. Um, When, when you ca- are able to finish somewhere inside the top five, say, for a, a, any given week on the PGA Tour, it gives you a lot of leeway, it gives you a lot of uh, comfort to know that you have one of those 20% events under your belt. And it's going to give you that chance to get into the playoffs. And, and this year, when you get into that top 70, one good week in Memphis, and all of a sudden you're qualifying for all the designated events on tour. So these events, even if you're not playing consistent golf, when you get up near the lead, every shot becomes so important. And um, and, and Pat Kazier got himself in that position today. And he didn't do anything crazy, uh, but he hit the ball really well today. And all of a sudden he finds himself within striking distance of the lead, right? He's, he's three shots off the lead heading into the final day. Uh, and and he has been done for a long time today. So it's a, it, it's good news for Pat and Kazire.
0: Speaking of guys who probably aren't having the 2023 that they were hoping for enter Webb Simpson, Webb's last Top 20 was last year's Travelers Championship. That was about nine months ago at this point. But Greg, he starts with a bang. An eagle on number one. He adds a couple more birdies at four and eight. Goes out in three under. uh, Gives up one stroke on the back on number 14, but gets it right back at 18. And it's three under 68 for the second straight day. Webb Simpson just two shots off the pace.
1: Webb is, um, it feels like, although I, I know the numbers don't really say it, uh, I know the results don't really say it, but it feels like he's starting to, you know, get close again. I know Paul Tasori his caddy, said before this round today that his guy is really close to getting back to the Webb Simpson that we knew from 2020. Um, and that was a time period where he tried to make some swing changes, get a little more distance and that was kind of, you know, the Bryson DeChambeau timeframe where we were all so hyper aware of the advantage of distance. And Webb did it a, a different way at that time. But when he started to go down the distance path, he lost some of his other skill sets, um, more specifically iron play. Uh, and and he, he really lost the putter as well, which was disappointing for him because he had worked so hard to get it back after the, uh, after the anchor Band. In, back in 2014 or so. So to see Webb out there playing some really good golf, to see him hitting the ball the way he is, he's fourth for the week right now in strokes gain approach, and he didn't really do all that damage today. It's been consistent. Three rounds in a row, gaining over half a shot, approaching the green. Uh, he gained over two strokes putting today, which was a, a really good sign for him. Um, I, I know a couple weeks ago, it may have been a little bit early, but I think it was maybe four weeks ago, Sia on, on the first cup podcast said Webb Simpson's back. I still a ways away from that, but these three rounds he's put together so far have definitely been a good sign that we're at least moving in the right direction.
0: I would really like to see Webb play well again. I mean, it was, um, I mean, we are like two and a half years, just two and a half years removed from him being what, Greg, a top. 12 player in the world. I mean, he was he had that year was it 2020 that he won twice when he beat he beat Fino in a playoff. I think he probably won Harbor Town that year. He was Yeah, uh, he did. I mean, a t- uh, fairway through green, he was one of the best players in the world. We're not that far off from that.
1: That was 2020 cuz you had um he had Phoenix. He yep. he beat Finau in the playoff in Phoenix. That was before the COVID shutdown. And then after the COVID shutdown, the second event back was the RBC. So you think about the RBC heritage and is that a big time event? Well, not in a typical year. It will be this year, um, but in a typical year, you get kind of a mixed bag as far as the field is concerned. But in 2020, everybody played because they had just had months off. It was like a major Mm-hmm. At Harbortown, which was so cool. And, and it was Webb Simpson who outlasted everybody. Went crazy making birdies on the second nine. That's the kind of thing that Webb Simpson's capable of. And when he gets hot, there are, he's really fun to watch. Because he does it differently than Scheffler, McIlroy, Rom, Xander. Mo, he does it differently than most of the top guys we have in the game of golf. And so he is a really nice mix to have in there. But, I mean, lastly, Rick, yeah. I think he was better than a top 12 player in the game back then. Okay. I mean, I mean, I, I would say he was a top 10 player, probably around the eighth spot, right? I mean, he was kind of reminded me of uh, Max Homa in a way. Not a guy you'd expect to be a top five player in the world, but realistically may have been. So um, it's good to see him putting the right foot forward now.
0: Yeah, so I'm I'm looking through his results right now and it they were separated by you know 4 months or across 4 months because of the 90-day shutdown that we had, but he won twice in four starts. He he won in Phoenix, that was before the break, and then he won the second start back. So he, he that was two wins in four starts and a lot of really good finishes outside of that. So Webb Simpson has himself in the mix with 18 holes to go. Uh stop me if you've heard this name before. Uh Jordan Spieth. Yeah, back Back say, in that, his, say that again? Yeah, his name's Jordan Spieth. He's had like an okay career, Uh, you know, youngish American guy everybody seems to like. And when Jordan Spieth, after his round, calls it eventful, you know it's really eventful. <laughs> uh, opened with an eagle on one, birdie on five, bogey on seven, birdie on eight. So that's one bounce back. That's out in three under. He bogeys 10, birdies 11. That's two bounce backs. Bogey's 13, birdies 14, that's three. Bogey's 15, birdies 16, that's four separate bounce backs, Greg. And just for good fun and good measure, puts a square and a bogey on the card on 18. Add it all up, it's a two under 69, one shot off the lead.
1: Yeah, it's an awful lot of birdies for a 69, right? Um, and this is kind of the reason why a round like Patton and Kazires ends up being such a good high quality round, because there's a lot of mistakes to be made out there. It's um, I, I mean, I would say it's difficult to make birdies. Even you, you look at what Jordan did today and he played the four par fives in five under par. Uh, that's not easy to do out here. I mean, we say this all you take advantage of the par fives. It's kind of a, a given aspect of the game. But these par fives are really tricky. You have to drive the ball in the fairway. They have some kind of almost like a Pete Dye par fives where they have a serpentine element to them. They're long, and the fronts of the greens are guarded on many of them. Um, you can't get the ideal angle and be in the fairway. So they're they're a challenge, and, and he made some really nice putts. He had the up and down at 11, Rick, I, I mean – from that first, it's it's the same bunker. If you're watching on TV, it looks like it's in the it's in the first bunker, shy of the green. So he's got to carry it over the uh, the little tongue in between those two areas of bunker, and then he's got to carry it onto the green. But he he lands it in the rough short. It trickles down in, inside of five feet, and he makes the putt. It, it was um, really special. The thing I was most impressed with with Jordan today was. Um, what, what he did inside of 10 feet uh, he was really really solid inside of 10 feet later in the round it started to get a little shaky uh, there were a couple putts he was he looked a little tentative on right he uh, and I think it was intentional but they kind of stopped going in around I think it was around 15 last couple ho- last couple holes he they a couple wandered away um, but uh, but it didn't look like he was up and out of the putts like we've been talking about the last couple of weeks. He looked like he was hitting the putts where he wanted to, and they were just kind of bobbling late in the day on these really crusty greens. So uh, I'm, I'm really thrilled about that, thrilled about his driving. I, I think Jordan's got to be feeling really good heading into tomorrow, even after
0: this eventful day. You know what? I just love the idea of – not only holding a winning Jordan Spieth ticket—that's that's one side of things—but injecting a Jordan Spieth victory just mere weeks before we get to Augusta National—that always, that always just gets the juices flow in a different way.
1: Yeah, especially <laughs> on a golf course like this before the weeks <laughs> even started. Jordan talked about how a lot of these shots remind him of Augusta National. Uh, the and 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 Adam Hadwin yesterday during his walk and talk he was talking about how it reminds him of a a Northwest course where he grew up. But, but if you listen to the things he says, it also reminds you of Augusta national, the trees kind of paint the shapes of the fairways. You have, you have elevation change. Um, The, the grass is a little bit different than the Northwest, a little different than Augusta national in April, but you have really firm and fast greens. You have a lot of, uh, a lot of holes out here where you have to, kind of you know paint some different shot shapes. You see what I did there by the way. I like that. Uh it, it, so there there's a, a lot of similarities and I think a, a win before Augusta National is one thing, a win here maybe it means even a little bit more. So uh, I'm definitely fired up for tomorrow in Jordan.
0: Uh for those scratching their heads, uh Valspar, that's a that's a paint company. Uh you can put it all together here. So that's one <laughs> shot back for, for Jordan speeth seven under par right there at seven under par with Jordan Speeth. It's Tommy lad, Tommy Fleetwood, absolutely rock solid three rounds in the seventies this week. And while 60. everyone, excuse me, sixties this week, thank you. And while everyone was putting bogeys on the card, Tommy makes 16 pars, two birdies, and, In route to a two under bogey free 69 lurking for that first PGA tour victory.
1: You know, the thing that's really encouraging about Tommy Fleetwood, um, you know, especially I know he was somewhat popular on our Tuesday episode this week. He was in a a lot. He's going to be on the betting card quite a few times tomorrow when we review it. Uh, He's involved in the one and done. I -hmm. can tell you that from personal experience. Um, But the thing that's really encouraging, if you're on that side of things, like I am, is he hasn't really done anything special. He's just kind of avoided mistakes. And that's what this golf course asks for, right? It it asks you to avoid mistakes. You don't have to go and make a ton of birdies. You don't have to go be super aggressive. And ultimately, I, I think Tommy Fleetwood's record through his career These are the kind of golf courses where he excels the most on the PGA Tour. Think of him getting close at the Honda Classic. Very similar. Avoiding mistakes is paramount. Uh, Shinnecock Hills, avoiding mistakes is paramount. Some of the other major championships he's contended in, not necessarily birdie fest, avoiding mistakes is paramount. And for him tomorrow, um, we'll see what happens with the weather, but it's very likely not going to be a shootout. And if you go shoot a couple under par tomorrow, sitting where Tommy's sitting, you're gonna be in a in a really nice spot, um, sitting at seven under par. i I don't think I mean, it's uh, three hundred you think three under wins it for
0: him? Oh, I, I think it, I, I, I would if you if I was Tommy Fleetwood and you offered me three under right now, I would accept.
1: I think I would too. Um, we don't know what's gonna happen with the with the weather again um, overnight and into tomorrow. But it doesn't seem to matter. Like, round one was very light winds. And it played more difficult than round two, which was you had 20-mile-an-hour gusts. So, uh, you know, this golf course is just hard. Any way you look at it, when the greens are the way they are right now, it's just hard out here. So he's in a great spot to get to 10-under, which I think for the week is going to end up being... You know, you're, you're not going to get on a plane if you, if you're in the clubhouse at 10 under par, let's just put it that way. You're going to be waiting around to see what happens.
0: Myself, you, and Sia Najad, Greg, all with Tommy Fleetwood in the one and done. So we are, we are holding thumbs for Tommy. Uh, <laughs> To to make this happen, baby.
1: You didn't say Mark's name. Why are we holding thumbs? Let's cross fingers Well,
0: we're we are we're trying. We're holding thumbs, trying to stick it to Mark.
1: Uh, okay. Trying okay.
0: to catch up. There, there's producer Josh with the with the screen there. Mark, Mark will sit around getting exactly zero dollars this week with Adam yeah. Hadwin. We can make a move. We can do this.
1: How about Kyle M with the Wyndham Clark call? Sharp. You Wyndham- know,
0: Clark is T seven, three shots off the lead.
1: Um. Wyndham Clark has something going on right now.
0: Yes, he does. And
1: me. I was looking at this last night. So his, well, first of all, I'll start it this way. He has never finished a PGA tour season inside the top 170 in strokes gain approach. Really? Okay. So his iron play has been a massive weakness. Check this out as I'm telling you about this on Rick his four best ever. Iron play performances in his career have been starting at the Farmers of this year.
0: So his best, four of them. his best four of his career have been in his last five starts.
1: That yes, that's <laughs> a better way to say it. Okay, it, what a sicko! It, it's incredible, and he can really putt. The guy can putt really well. He's really long, um, but he's been lacking this ability with his iron play. And all of a sudden it's red hot. And I don't care if this is just a hot streak right now, or if something's really changed, we're starting to get to that point now where I'm, I'm leaning towards, you know, something's changed. He's figured something out. Um, But at this point with one round to go, it doesn't matter. I'll take a hot guy. I'll take a guy that's really changed something. This is a short window and Wyndham Clark has himself right there in the mix. So, Uh, kudos to Kyle M. That is a great play.
0: I I mentioned, I don't know if I've mentioned this uh, on here before, but Wyndham Clark, I think it was on Saturday at Phoenix played. It it was a monster group. It was like Rom Scheffler and Wyndham Clark or Rom and somebody else. Huge, maybe Homa and Wyndham Clark. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I was very impressed that Wyndham stayed in his routine, did not look phased, was very poised. I think he ended up finishing T10 that week, but like, he's, uh, he's got something, man. He's got something.
1: Yeah, that was his um in those events that I just mentioned. Um WM was his best finish, which was a T10, which is kind of surprising. You have a player of his skill set, which he's he's long and he putts well, and he's been missing this iron play, and he, he's a really nice player, but I would expect when a weakness becomes a strength that quickly that you'd get even better results than a T10. So there's just he, he The point of that is he's very, very, very close. Um, and he's got a little work to do with Sunday scoring. And that may be the one thing that's kind of holding him back from winning or really contending heading down the last couple of holes. Um, but he's had enough chances now over this last month, a little over a month, where I, I think tomorrow could be his day.
0: All of those names that we just mentioned are chasing – one man, alone at the top of the leaderboard. That man, Adam Shank. It took him a little bit to get started. He was one over through his first ten holes. Greg got even with a birdie on eleven. He gave one back on fifteen. Bounced back on sixteen. So he's again still even through seventeen holes. Fires a dart into eighteen. Makes the putt. Gets in at seventy eight under par for the tournament and one shot better than his next closest chaser.
1: Yes. Um, so Adam Shank. again, you look at this start and again, this highlights what kind of golf course we're playing. So you're one over through nine, um, you know, even through, through 17, as you mentioned, and typically in a normal week on the PGA tour, that's trouble for you. Uh, if you're in the last group, you're probably getting, lapped. You're probably not going to be the leader heading into the last day, but that's some actually some pretty good golf today. Uh and and it's high quality. So although it was slow and it's disappointing not to take advantage of number 1, that kind of feels like a bogey even though it's not. He's got himself in position and it kind of it kind of comes out of nowhere because there's so much attention on Speeth, a lot of attention on Fleetwood. Um you know, Adam Shank is in the coverage, but you don't really expect him to hang. Um, And and the biggest thing that he did well today is he drove it really well. This was his best driving day of the week so far. It was his best iron play day of the week so far. And it came at a really good time because he lost strokes putting for the first time this week today, Um, which if you're looking at him through 36 holes, he was second, I believe in strokes game putting through the first two rounds. And, and he actually said after his round that I'm leaning too much on my short game and putting, he was second and scrambling after yesterday's round. I'm leaning too much on my short game and putting. I need to clean some things up with the ball striking. And he did that today. Putter cooled off, but he kept himself in the tournament. In fact, he's leading the thing. So I, I was very impressed with the, um, the steadiness that Adam Shank showed. He, he wasn't worried about where he was on the leaderboard
0: we'll continue this conversation and we will tell you definitively who is going to win this golf tournament but first we are going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners And we're back. I'm also happy and happy to announce uh, the new Paramount Shop, Greg. ParamountShop.com has – that is where they're now housing all of our podcast apparel, all of our first cut merchandise and information. I was just kind of clicking through. I see the stickers. I see the hoodies. I see the engraved cl- uh, pint glasses. I see the tank tops. All that good stuff. Is it trouble on your end or trouble on my end?
1: We, we got trouble on my end.
0: All right. Why don't we remove Greg? There we go. Why don't we try to pull up the odds board? Do we have that available to us? We do. I will uh, read through the odds, and we'll see if we can get Greg back here in just one second. No surprise, Jordan Spieth, the biggest name on the board, the most prolific winner on the board, and just one shot back is the favorite to win, plus 260. Tommy Fleetwood, same position. One shot back. Hello, Greg. Is sorry about that. You're okay. Is plus three thirty. Adam Shank actually our leader, four to one. If he can pull it off, and then there's a little bit of a gap. Taylor Moore. Two shots back. He's nine to one. Webb Simpson, we mentioned, two to uh, 12 to one. He's two shots back. Wyndham Clark, he's three off the pace at 16 to one. And Cody Gribble, how about that Cody Gribble hanging tough? Two shots back, 22 to one, Greg. That's the overnight board with 18 to go at Valspar.
1: Let me just say this quickly. Um, I haven't seen Cody Gribble play golf in a long time. And watching that golf swing today, was really impressive i was i was really glad to get to watch him play today because he's also he's a pga tour winner i mean he won back in 2017 at the sanderson farms uh which I, i believe which was um pretty cool so this guy out of texas was on jordan Spieth's team on his national championship team and i i loved watching him play so don't count him out but there are really three guys that I look at on this board. It just so happens that two of them are oh, 2016. Josh says, "Sorry, um,
0: I, I actually." Me. So I, I think we might both. Be, you might both be correct there because I believe that was 2017 season, 2016 year. Don't quote me on that, but we might. Uh, everybody might be right on that one.
1: Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Uh, that see that. <laughs> the, uh, the wraparound seasons tends to give you a, you know, a two way buffer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. It gives you a two year window. You're yeah. Two year window. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> but anyway, point being, he's not a nobody. He's a, uh, was on a national championship college team and has won on the PGA tour. Um, but aside from that, I, I think what's really cool here is yesterday as I'm watching this, my buddies are asking me, you know, who's going to win this tournament. And it was, you know, the leaders were through, not even the leaders, the afternoon wave was through nine holes, right? We had a lot of golf left. And I said, well, I like Spieth, I like Fleetwood, I like Wyndham Clark. Uh, And I like seeing all these guys up here on the board. So hopefully already at this point, you have a little Spieth, you have a little Fleetwood. They were very popular heading into the week. Um, And if you uh, are not interested in those numbers, my guy's Wyndham Clark.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm holding a 12 to one Jordan Spieth ticket. Um, I think at this point, there's a chance I get in on Tommy just a little bit, just to kind of cover. I I think it'd be cool if Tommy won quite frankly, but I I do think that, uh, that, that Wyndham Clark, 16 to one, three shots off the lead, two shots off the real lead. If you ask Kyle Porter and all that firepower on a tough golf course where he's shown he can go low and he's been playing great golf coming in. That 16 to one's a little long for me.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm uh, really thrilled about that. And by the way, I don't think it's unfair to call seven under the real lead. <laughs> I don't think that even means disrespect to Adam Shank. This is just looking at um, a PGA tour event over the course of a season. And to me, when you have a single guy in the lead, I always look at what second place is unless th- there are very few occasions when I don't consider this quote unquote real lead, like Kyle says. So, and, and it has to be a Scotty Scheffler, right? It has to be a Rory McElroy, and not even always a Rory McElroy, right? This has to be a superstar who you feel so confident is not going anywhere for me to avoid that real lead thought. So, Cody Gribble, two off the real lead. Again, no disrespect to Adam Schenck there. Um, but it just, it, it paints a better picture of how close you really are. And especially here. I mean, is 72 out of the realm of possibility for Adam Shank tomorrow? No. I mean, look what happened to Kramer Hickok, who we played with today. Uh, he shot, what, 77? Um, had a very difficult day. So that is possible just because this golf course is so hard. Uh, and you add Sunday into the equation, add his experience into the equation in, in these situations. It's even, it's even more possible.
0: 18 holes to go. When those 18 are complete, or I suppose maybe more, I don't know. Get Ooh. a little playoff, little playoff action tomorrow. a lot are of guys up there. I'll tell you what it's, sh- it's shaping up like. Uh, there's just so many guys with a couple shots, and I don't think there's like a 64 out there or anything like that. I, I mean, yeah, you get a playoff.
1: I'm gonna guess no on the playoff, but it's a guess. You're right. I mean, the the logic is there. I'm just I'm gonna guess no.
0: I'm gonna hope for no. We don't like playoffs around here, but uh, well,
1: that yeah, that I might change my guess <laughs> if, if we're all hoping for no.
0: Fingers crossed that we get 18 <laughs> holes and that completes the golf tournament on Sunday night. Whenever it is finished, we'll be back to talk through uh, every minute detail. I'm sure producer Josh does all the hard work behind the scenes. That right there is Greg DuCharme and you can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time.